0: Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com slash beyond or click the beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your
1: faith. Uh, We are kicking off a brand new series that's going to go for the next few weeks called Find your people. How many of you got some good people in your life? You're like, I got some good people. Yeah, I got some good people in my life. Um, you know, you can't walk through life on your own. Like, Life is boring without those crazy friends in your life. You know what I'm talking about? Like you got to have those people that kind of make you go, really? You would do that? And I just think it's good for you. It keeps us humble. If, that, if you don't have that person in your life, it's probably you. So just realize that you're probably the crazy person. Um, And as we jump into the message today, anybody like going to the beach? You enjoy a little vacation mode? Yeah, okay, we do too. Uh, Growing up, we didn't go to the beach a lot, but my wife's family did. And so then when we got married, I think we go to the beach more than anything else now. But we had gone to Destin a few years back, beautiful beaches in that part of the United States. And we had, yeah, we got some Destin fans out there. And we had, uh, this was before she got pregnant with our son, who's now almost one, and we had gone down, flew into the airport, and walk up to the counter to get the rental car that I had reserved ahead of time. Just being friendly, talking to the person that was getting the car for us, and uh, she goes, I I hear you're on vacation, I I hope you have a great time. Would you like to upgrade your rental vehicle? I'm like, okay, tell me more. And uh, she goes, well, we've got a Mustang 5.0 that just got cleaned up. Would you like to upgrade? How, and I'm like, well, okay, hold on. How much is this? Um, I don't like going crazy when we're on vacation. She's like, oh, $10 a day. I was like, sign me up. Uh, <laughs> please sign me up. And so, you know, of course, pulling out, you started up. It just sounds beautiful, right? There's just this rumble of a muscle car. And Uh, So we're going, and uh, every bridge we drove under, you better believe I floored it. Every one of them. And my wife is sitting in the seat next to me, just rolling her eyes. Um, And then what made it even better was the place we were staying had a parking garage. And I think we woke up everybody in the place we were staying every time we came in and left. Yes, I was that person. But hey, you're on vacation. You got to live it, right? Right. Um, and, and you guys are kind of the same way, I'm sure. When you rent a car, uh, you, you got you to gotta drive it, right? Um, you're not too worried. You know, we're, we're down on the beach. We weren't worried about sand getting in it uh, because it's a rental. I don't got to take it home. Isn't it funny the difference between that and when you buy a car and you own a car and especially a new vehicle, right? Once you've had it five, 10 years, if you keep a vehicle that long, maybe you're not so worried about it. But when you first get a vehicle, you're like, okay, I'm going to take it real easy on it. In fact, I bought a first ever new truck a couple years ago. And right after buying it, we were on the way to go see some family. And my wife was making fun of me because of how slow I was driving. If you've ever ridden with me, you know that I'm not usually the slowest driver, um, especially out on road trips. It's something I'm working on. Um, But it's funny the difference that we treat something that is new in our own. Isn't it right? I mean, it's like, don't you dare eat in my new vehicle. Don't you dare drink. Better not put your feet up on the dash or else you're getting out of my car. Right. And what is it that creates that difference? And, and I really think it's a sense of ownership. Right. It, it's I have worked hard for this. This is something that I've purchased and I'm paying for or have paid for. And I'm going to take ownership over this. You know, and when we think about finding people in our life and we think about all that God has for you in your life and what he's calling you into, taking ownership of your faith and of your faith community, the church, is something that has to take place or else you will not be able to do all that God has called you to do in your life. You have to get to the point of taking ownership. And so what I I want us to do today is... Um, if you're new here, I'm not the lead pastor. I'm one of the executive pastors. Pastor Stephen uh, spoke the last few weeks. We have an amazing, amazing lead pastor. Can we just give it up for Stephen? Yeah, and Felissa, he leads us so, so well. Um, but what I want to do to kick this series off is, for lack of a better term, I want us to have a player rally, a player rally. Now, if you've been in sports world, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it's simply this. Of when a team, sometimes they're doing great and maybe there's controversy, sometimes they're going through a rough season, but for whatever the reason, they will come together and they will rally and they like kick the coach out. And they go, okay, as players, as people that are not the main leader, the one handling it all, we're going to come together and we're gonna rally. So he's here somewhere. I think he's probably hanging out in Creekwood Kids. He likes to do that, but we're gonna have a player rally. Um, with just us today to kick this off. Because I really, truly believe that there are some things that if we will do them, if we will apply them in our life, they will help you find your people. They'll take you further into your relationship with Christ. And we as Creekwood Church, as the body of Christ, will be able to do more amazing things than we could ever imagine in our friends' lives, in our family's life, in this community for Jesus, So get your notes out. I've got several things we're going to talk about. If you don't take notes, might as well start today. So write this down. Write this down. The very first thing that we have to do is that we have to be united. As a body of believers, to find our people, we have to be united. And man, when you talk about this word, isn't, doesn't it feel like everything in our life is pulling us away from being united as people, as a body of believers? Because there's so much that's happening. But what I love about church and what I love about Christianity is that despite your thoughts, your opinions, your preferences, your, all of this that comes into our daily lives, there is more that brings us together in Jesus than what separates us. Right, That we serve a God who is alive, who died for our sins and then rose from the dead so that we could have someone walking with us through life. And when you give your life to Christ, we are unified in something that means so much more than all the noise that we deal with every single day. But here's the thing. You can do very, very little for the kingdom of God if you are not united into a body of Christ. You can't. Uh, I want you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 6. Uh, We're going to be spending our time today in Acts chapter 6. And as you turn there, a little bit about this story um, that we're going to pick up. So Jesus has come to the earth. Uh, He has walked with his disciples. He has done his ministry here. He was crucified to pay the price for our sins, rose from the dead. And after this, the people that walked with him, they went out and they started preaching the news of Jesus all over the known world at that time. And they started and it went bigger and bigger and they traveled and they spread the news. It's an amazing, amazing time. The early church is born. And and that's what we see in Acts chapter 6 and and through through the book of Acts is the early church Being born. The idea of life groups comes out of the book of Acts and people walking through life together and meeting each other's needs and growing together in Christ. And in Acts chapter six, there's something that has started to happen in the midst of thousands and thousands of people coming to know Christ and the church stepping up and taking care of those in that community that needed their help and that's the widows and the orphans. There's something that begins to happen, and I think. We, what we see in the early church is very similar to what we see today in so many different ways. And we're going to pick this up in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And it says this, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Anybody heard rumblings of discontent in your life in the last couple of weeks? The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So, like, Jesus has not been gone very long, right? He hasn't been gone very long. The, the, the early church is exploding. It's going crazy. So many people coming to know Christ. They're actually going out and they're feeding these widows. And in the midst of it, there begins to become this grumbling and this complaining because whether real or perceived, that the Greek-speaking Christians thought that the Hebrew-speaking Christians were not doing the same for the, their widows of those different people groups. And I don't know about you, but when I think about this and I think about rumblings and complainings and everything that we see and we hear all the time, right, they, the, the, the people talking behind the scenes and the gossip and, and the discontentment, It's even in the early church, and it's right in the middle of a miracle season when God was moving in such a huge way. And some of you, and I would dare say most of us, are experiencing this on a daily basis in so many different areas of our life, in your marriages, with your families, in your jobs, in your friend circles, if you're in school, at your school. But you see, here's the thing, that if you allow yourself to get stuck in the grumbling, you can miss the miracle of what God is trying to do in your life in that moment. And this is something we have to guard against and we have to fight against. Like, think about this, right? And, and if, if you think back, if you're married in this place, think back to when you were single and you first met your spouse, or if you're single now and you're looking forward to, to hopefully finding someone to be your spouse one day, right? And, and, and when that miracle happened or happens, Right. Because sometimes it's a miracle because I look at my wife and I go, I, there's no way that I should have done that. That was a miracle. Right. But it's easy to go, oh, my goodness, that is so amazing. And, and when you get married or someone meets someone I love, like when a teenager meets their true love. Right. And they're like, oh, my goodness, it, 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 I'm just it, it's meant to be. I had a friend say that in high school and their relationship lasted like six months. Um, it's meant to be. But then what happens is whenever you get married, then the reality of that sets in. And if we're not careful, what was the miracle can turn to grumbling and discontent in our life because now two people have to become one and two individuals have to work really, really hard at living together, walking through life together, all the compromise that has to take place. And if we're not careful, we can miss the miracle in the grumbling. Right. That can happen. Maybe you've been praying for a kid for a long time and and, and you or you've had a kid and, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is just such an amazing thing that God has gifted us with a kid. And it's a miracle. And then you can get into it and you realize you no longer have your life. You no longer get to sleep. And even if you don't let your kid run your life, they still impact every area of your life. I have an almost one year old. We're walking through this. And we can get stuck in the grumbling and miss the miracle of what God has given us, right? With your job, this can happen. You can pray for a job. You can get offered your dream job. You go from one job to the next, or you come and you go, I've been without a job and God gives me this amazing job, pays more than I ever dreamed it would. Or, Or you're like, hey, it's paying the bills and that's all I need. But then the reality of You got a boss. Now you got coworkers, And now you have all this pressure to do this job that you were so excited about. And we can find ourselves in the grumbling and miss the miracle that God is trying to do in our life. You see, the more that God is doing in your life, the more he does in a body of believers, the more territory we have to defend, and the more the enemy is going to try to attack you, to distract you from what God is doing in your life. You see, can I just be real honest with you guys? Like, take the gloves off for a minute. I've been at Creekwood Church for 16 years, of the 17 years that it's been in existence. And with total integrity, I love this place. Everything is done above board. And what God has done in and through this body of believers has been incredible. And it's only the beginning, which is the coolest thing. But when I think about the last couple years, you know, just again, just to be honest with you guys and, and, when God works and there's miracles, you realize it can be messy in the midst of God working. Like, think about this. Uh, we had Serve Day in July. Amazing event. If you don't know what Serve Day is, we've done it for several years, uh, and it is amazing. We have six, 700 people from Creekwood go out into the community on a Sunday morning in the month of July, and we serve at 60-ish different projects all across the community. The impact that day, the miracles that day, the way God moves through that serve project. I mean, you can't go to a restaurant in town without having them recognize or ask, like, what's going on with all these serve day shirts? It's an incredible, incredible event. But it's really easy to miss the miracle if the project that you're on didn't go exactly the way that you expected it to go. Right. If you get into it and you go, hey, the, the supplies weren't there that I thought were gonna be there, or they said it was gonna go like this and it didn't go like this, you can miss out on the miracle because of allowing yourself to get stuck in the grumbling. Right? When when you think about what's happening at Creekwood in the last month, right? We've seen so many people coming back from summer vacations and, and from being at home due to COVID concerns and all of this, and we've had lines. Like lines in the parking lot, you've probably been in them where it takes five, ten minutes to get in. And you got to get your kids checked in and there's lines and you're picking your kids up and there's lines and there's lines getting out. And it's so easy for us to in the midst of the miracle of people being hungry for Jesus and lives being transformed to allow ourselves to get stuck in the grumbling over an extra five or ten minutes. And then we get to this place where we go, uh I don't know if I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go back to watching online. Now, if you're doing that for health reasons, that's different. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about connecting into a body of believers and being carefully about letting the grumbling getting in the way of what God is doing. What I love about Creekwood, one of my favorite, favorite things is that we have so many different people from so many different backgrounds, denominational backgrounds, different races, different walks of life, people that have all sorts of jobs, different income levels. But do you think that in the midst of those differences, there might be some messiness and some grumbling that can creep in because of the way we were raised, grew up and our backgrounds? Absolutely, absolutely. When we initially shut down because uh, of COVID and what we were being asked to do last year by our government and Creekwood shut down and we took everything online, we had a lot of people, I, I say a lot, we had a handful of people that they didn't agree with that and they chose to leave Creekwood over that. The funny thing is on the flip side, when we came back, we had more people that didn't like that we were coming back, didn't think that we should come back. And so then they left, right? And they... If you're not careful, you could miss the miracle of in two weeks, everything went online in two weeks. During the shutdown, when we came back, We are able to take our services online and put in an outdoor patio. So no matter where someone's at, whether they want to be at home or sit outside or sit in this room, there is a venue for them to be able to do that. And our reach to this community and outside of this community to anywhere in the world is greater than it has ever been. And if we're not careful in the midst of the miracle, we can let the grumbling creep in and miss what God is doing. Right, We've had the same thing happen where people over masks, over, over the race conversation, over the type of worship music on both sides, allowing the grumbling to get in the midst of what God is doing. Another event that happened this summer that was incredible. So many things happened amazing in it was our Kids Summer Jam. Our Kids Summer Jam event. I mean, this room was totally transformed. We had kids Uh, I mean, it literally, the event sold out. We had teenagers serving at this event. It was incredible, but it filled up. It would have been easy to not get your kids in and allow yourself to get stuck in the grumbling and miss out on the miracle that there was so many kids and parents that wanted their kids at a summer church event. To hear the news of Jesus, but I didn't get my kid in so I could get stuck in that grumbling and miss what God was doing in all of those kids' lives and miss that 31 kids accepted Christ in a three-day event. How amazing is that? But how easy is it in so many areas of our life, whether it's church, job, um, our culture, the politics, everything in our world to get stuck in the grumbling and to miss the miracle of what God is trying to do in your life. You see, if we want the miracles and, uh, that the church first, early church had, if we want the move of God that they had, then we're going to face some of the same problems that they faced. And I love that in the midst of that, they were facing some grumblings and some discontentment from it because it shows us that we should expect that in our world and in our life. One of our leadership values here at Creekwood, we have two sets of values. We have our core values, there's five of them, and then we have another set of values that are our leadership. We also sometimes will call them um, internally our staff values, but for, for volunteers, for leaders, we, we talk through these in, in our growth track class. But one of our leadership values is that we would rather be in right relationship over being right. Think about this. This says that there's obviously some very clear non-negotiable things in Scripture that like, if you don't believe them, we're we're not going to argue about that because biblically you're not a Christ follower if you don't believe them. There are those, but there's very few of those. And then all these other things that come into our world, and whether it's in our theology or it's in all of these other things, they are secondary to the fact that I care about you and I will put those aside to engage in a conversation, in a relationship with you. Because when we do that, guess what? I can learn something that I didn't know. Right? You can learn something that maybe you didn't know, that if I will put my preferences, if I will put my thoughts to the side, God has a way to work in those relationships in an incredible, incredible way. And we can't get to what God wants us to get to if we're not united. Brings us to the second one. First one was be united. Second one is that we need to share responsibility, share responsibility, Our default tendency when it comes to grumbling and discontentment is to let dissatisfaction sneak in, to let boredom sneak in, and then that just increases the grumbling that can come into our lives. Now, my wife and I have experienced this with with our one-year-old. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I mean, everything in our life has changed. Right, we, I mean, to get out on a date night is a challenge. To get everything done around the house is a challenge. The minute you clean, it's all torn up. He's walking everywhere. And in everything, you can't w- not watch him for like 0.2 seconds, or he's down the hallway um, getting into the bathroom or something. Like it's, it's crazy. But in the midst of that, it is so easy for my wife and I to look at each other and to go, well, well why aren't you doing more? why aren't you doing enough? Why aren't you picking up the slack more? And what happens is, is if I don't think, okay, no, this is not about that. I'm going to make sure that I'm sharing responsibility, right? We can begin to get stuck in the grumbling and the arguments. Now, one of the things I've heard for years at church um, when someone new will come is they'll say, hey, you know, I came from such and such church because I wasn't getting fed over there. And I always think to myself, and we've talked about this as a pastoral team, and I always think to myself, man, if something doesn't change, it's not going to be any time before you feel that way here. Because that's not, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, it is not about the church. It's about you and how you're engaging in your walk with Christ. And it has to change, right? You have to share responsibility before you blame, before you leave, before you just throw in the towel, whether it's here, if you're kicking the tires here and you end up somewhere else, this is a principle you need to take with you. This is not about Creekwood Church. Before you blame and leave, are you looking at yourself and are you taking responsibility? Is there a reason why maybe you haven't gotten connected? Right? This is Life Group Launch Weekend. This is one of the easiest weekends to get engaged in community that we have all year. Are Are you taking those steps? Maybe a life group doesn't work for you right now. Are you getting involved in a volunteer team? Maybe you go, I don't even know where to start. Have you walked through the growth track class? We've got so many different ways for you to begin to get in, to share responsibility. Maybe it's as simple as, hey, I met someone. Let's invite them to go to lunch. Let's engage. Let's get to know someone. Because here's what's on the line and here's what can happen. Acts chapter six, I want us to go back to this story that we started. Um, And we're gonna look at verses two and three, right? We've got this problem that we've talked about. Acts chapter six, verse two. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. And they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. So they realized that they, because of their experiences and what God had called them to do, that while feeding right, the widows was an amazing thing and they needed to do it, that that should not be their responsibility. And they realized that if we take this and we pass this off to someone else, they get to operate in their gifts, they get to operate in their talents and be used by God in an amazing way. Right. I love this about Creekwood and Pastor Stephen is it's not about him. It's so not about him. He pushes everything down to the team, to volunteers, to his staff as much as he can because of this idea that you cannot be what God calls you to be and do what God calls you to do if you don't step in to what God has for you. One of our five core values is we serve always. We serve always. We're never more like Christ than when we're serving the needs of others. This is in church. This is through maybe a serve life group, but it's more than that. It's a lifestyle that this church is guided by. And if you can take that, it's a biblical lifestyle that will change your life because then you shift from being a, uh, you shift to a contributor from a consumer. Right? If you want to grow in your relationship with Christ and all you do is come to church on a Sunday, you will always fall short no matter what church or body of believers you are a part of. It's the only relationship we look at and we go, oh, with one hour a week, if I don't do that or if it doesn't affect my kids, I'm gonna go somewhere else. And right? nobody, I, I mean, at least I don't hear somebody go, oh, hey, that gym I'm a part of, I went one time for one hour, I didn't get a six pack, so I'm gonna go to another gym, Right? <laughs> But yet, that's what we do in church. If it's not careful, so we must be united. We must share responsibility. And third, we have to own our role. We have to own my role. We have to own my role. Go back to Acts chapter six. Um, next verse, verse four. Then, the apostle, then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word so they knew their role. They knew their role. They said, hey, let's get some other people to help run this food program. We know our role. And there's something amazing that happens when there's unity, when there's shared responsibility, and when someone owns their role. And we see that a couple of verses later in Acts chapter six, verse seven. So as a result, God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted To, In other words, they did that, they recognized their role, they played their part, and God was moving in them in a way that was greater than otherwise, right? If, If you think they could have ran a food program, probably, but then they couldn't have traveled and started new churches and preached the word of God, and that's what was going on in that time. And so, because they all played their part and they took responsibility and owned their role, God moved in an amazing way. Um, little homework. Romans chapter 12 is an amazing chapter. Go read it this week. Um, Today, Romans chapter 12. It's all about the body of Christ, our role as believers, and it talks about each of us being uniquely gifted and playing our part in the body of Christ. It talks about this as a human body, right? Every part is different. My fingers, my eyes, my ears, my organs, everything. But when we come together and as Christians, something amazing begins to happen because we are all used together in our gifts and we can accomplish far more together than we ever could on our own or if we're divided. It's Life Group launch weekend. You go to your group. Charla mentioned this a little bit earlier. Maybe you go to a group; it's not really a fit for you. You're like, this isn't really what I was looking for. So you try another one, and you go, man, this really wasn't what I was looking for, or or, it wasn't available when you were available. And you go, well, I just, I'm just not going to do it this semester, right? Don't forget, it can be messy. Don't forget that there, there can be a little bit disorganization there. Maybe God has called you to help create organization in that. So instead of getting stuck in the grumbling, do you go, you know what? I've got a couple groups of friends. I know a couple or, or, or I've got a couple guys that I know I want to go meet at with a coffee shop. And you go, well, we're just going to start. It's not about doing a Creekwood Life Group. It's about being in community and finding your people. Right, So go, and, and, and you're going to go, and you're going to meet at 5 a.m. because that's when you want to meet at a coffee shop. I, I guess Starbucks is open at 5, whatever. And you're going to pursue a Bible study and grow closer to God with the three of you. And then you're going to go, and you're going to put it on the life group directory, and you're going to open it up because I promise there's other people that are in a similar boat to you. right? Maybe you're, you're married with kids, and you see that, and you go, man, there's not something for me. All those groups are full because... Any group that accepts kids and is for families, it fills up like that. And people are like, I can't, it's not that I don't want more, I just can't fit them in my house. And maybe God's calling you to get a couple of your groups of friends and to open up something so other people can find connection, right? You gotta own your role. You gotta take ownership. Don't just let yourself be in a tender one hour on a Sunday, right? You have to get to the point of committing. And and here's the thing. I love you enough to tell you this, that if you can't take ownership here, you need to find somewhere that you can. Right? This is not about a church. Don't hear that this is about Creekwood. This is about you and you pursuing Christ. And you need to find a faith community that you can take ownership in, that you can be engaged in, and that you can step up in. Because what happens is when I take ownership of something, like go back to the the Mustang and the vehicle deal. If my vehicle gets a little dent in it, do I stop driving it on my personal vehicle? No. If it gets a scratch, do I go, oh, I'm out, and because of one scratch, I'm going to go buy another vehicle? I mean, maybe if you have a lot of money, you can. Most of us can not do that, right? But yet, when we come in and we engage in church, what happens is we allow ourselves to go, hey, there was that one message, and someone said something that I'm not sure I totally agree with, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Or someone cut me off in the parking lot in the line or got really mad at me, so I'm gonna go somewhere else. Or I can't get into an event because there's been amazing um, a response to it, and so I'm gonna get upset and I'm gonna go somewhere else. That guy on stage, he has no style, he's not cool enough. I wanna be a part of a cool church, so I'm gonna go somewhere else. Right? And what happens is it's so easy for us to get stuck in the grumbling, to miss the miracle. And if you're not united, you can't share responsibility and you can never get to the point of owning your role. And find a place to commit and be all there. If it's not Creekwood, I promise you, God is calling you to a church that you're gonna be able to bless with your gifts and your talents. I mean, I hope it's here, but if it's not, it's more about you and your faith and your growth. We're going to wrap up service a little bit differently today. I'm going to ask our band and our worship team to um, come on down to make their way to the front. You see, one of our core values is, um, I would say probably the most important of our core values. And it's this, that we keep Jesus at the center. It's we keep Jesus at the center. Because this value... Really drives every other value and everything that we do as a church and as a body of believers. And I want y'all, I know they're moving around behind me, just focus in right here for just a minute. You cannot do what God has called you to do. You cannot be who God has called you to be. You cannot impact the lives that God has called you to impact if you don't put Jesus first and keep him at the center, right? Unity in the body of Christ is a must. And it comes through recognizing what brings us together, not what separates us. Because when you get to that place, then something begins to happen in your life when you can press into that community, when you can truly find your people. I tell you, my heart is always so full when I walk out of a time of getting together with people that I'm in good community and relationship with. You know, it came from a life group that when I first went into it, my wife and I said, I don't know if that's a fit for us because there's people that are way different ages than us. But what has came out of that is amazing community and connection. And when we get together, my heart is full. I'm inspired about life. It impacts what I get to do here. It helps me stay focused on Jesus and growing in my faith with him. You see, it's really, really easy to think that we're all on the same page when everything's going great, isn't it? And then the minute that life begins to get crazy, the minute that there's an election, there's health issues, there's a disagreement, something goes differently than what we expected for it to go, then that becomes very challenging. It's easy in those moments to lose sight of keeping Jesus at the center. But why is it so important? Right, unity sounds great. Sharing responsibility and owning my role, those are cool statements and they sound great. But why does it matter? It matters because every single Sunday, every Wednesday, every life group that opens up, there's someone walking through that door that needs Jesus to move in their life. They're lost walking in for the very first time. There's people that you've been attending for years, but for whatever reason, today is the day that they are opening their heart up to God speaking into their life for the first time. It matters because there's a community that is stuck around hate and separation And they need a unified church that can love them to Jesus. They need a church, they need parking greeters and and people that are caring for their kids in the kids ministries and, and pouring into them and prayer team to pray with them and worship team to lead them in worship. And maybe they don't know why they need it, but they need it. And it's in that moment when we are united, when we're sharing that responsibility of reaching those people, and we're owning our role, doing what God has called us to do and stepping out. You know, you learn what to do and you learn what your gifts are by stepping in and doing. You might miss it five or eight times, maybe 10 times. But then on the 11th, you get it and your life changes and your life is completely transformed. What I love about following Jesus is that it's actually not that complex. I think we make it really hard. The core things about following Jesus, I think they're really straightforward. I mean, we could probably list them. They're five, eight things that we need to believe that we need to pursue Christ with in our life. The key though, is putting God first and ourselves second on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but for me, that's really hard to do every day, really, really well. But when we think about our life and how complicated it is, our faith is something that's very uncomplicated. And I want to encourage you today that we're going to go and we're going to sing this song called Uncomplicated. And as we sing this, I want you to sit and I want you to reflect and I want you to think and I want you to let these words speak over your life. And then here in a minute, we'll stand together. And then I'll come back up at the end of the song and dismiss you for today. But as you do, reflect on this, reflect on these ideas, and maybe you need to sit there and close your eyes and focus and just, I would just challenge you right there where you're at. Open yourself up to God. Just say, God, what do you want to speak to me? I know what Kendall said, right? And I felt like this was the word for us, for Creekwood today in preparation over the last week or so. But what is God speaking to you right now in this moment?
0: You guys take this Your love's uncomplicated. You love me just the way I am. So I stand before. i yeah.
1: that their lives are changed, that their lives are transformed. Where maybe yours or your friend's marriage is restored, where kids come back to Christ and come back into the family. Where we see on a Wednesday night, hundreds upon hundreds of students make a spiritual decision to follow Jesus for the rest of their life, or kids that give their life to Christ, whether it's on a weekend or at an event, and they then lead their families to Christ because they wanna be in church, right? What is on the line? What is on the line for you, your family, and this community is so huge. What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna choose to be united, to step in, to embrace what God has called you to do. And my prayer is that you do. Would you bow your heads with me today? You know, if you are in this place or joining us online today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, I just want you to say this prayer after me. You can make this decision right there where you're at, just the simple prayer between you and God. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son on the cross to die for my sins. Would you please come into my life and forgive me of my sins and help me to live my life for you every single day. For the rest of us that have already committed our life to Christ, I just wanna pray over you. God, I pray for every single person. God, that you would help us to put our opinions and our political differences and everything in the world that tries to divide us aside to the point of being able to lean into you, to being united as a body of Christ, staying focused on what pulls us together and the things that we have in you and similar, not what divides us. God, I pray that you would give them the boldness to step into what you've called them to do. God, that you would help every single one of us to lean into finding our people into community and into relationship, each playing our part. And God, that as they do, Father, that you would move in their life, in their family, in their kids' lives, in their friends' lives in a way they've never seen or never even imagined you would before. And I declare in Jesus' name that this body of believers would be united in a different way than the world that we live in and walk in every single day. I pray that you would protect everyone this week, that you would keep us safe as we go about our lives and bring us back safe next week. Help us to honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, before you go, if you accepted Christ today, please let us know. We want to help connect you into that to let you know about that decision. You can do that two ways. There's a connect tab on our app or there's a red card in the seat back pocket. Um, also make sure that you join in in a life group volunteer get connected in community find your people in some way don't let yourself not do this to not connect in our prayer team will be across the front as we conclude service if we can pray with you about anything um, maybe related to this message maybe something completely different Uh, our prayer team will be here Prayer is a powerful thing. Take some time to pray before you leave today. Creekwood, we love you. So thankful that you were here with us today. Be safe, be blessed. We'll see you back next week. You're dismissed. Thanks
0: for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're gonna love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Church for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.